Welcome to The Take, where I sit down with filmmakers, artists, and world-class racketeers. We talk about story, life in the biz, and what it all means. Today, I sit down with actor Michael Belisario. Michael and I met this summer working on a movie called Disturbing the Peace, which was directed by York Shackleton and starring Guy Pearce and Devin Sawa. Michael was in 29 episodes of the show JAG. He's been in Quantum Leap, a multitude of other shows, a bunch of independent films, part owner in the Hollywood Club Hyde, a regular at the restaurant Dantana's in West Hollywood. Michael's got his own style, and it's really great talking with him, and I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Michael Belisario. Welcome, Michael. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming all the way down the hill. All the way down the all hill. All the way down the hill. On the hills of Laurel Canyon. Yeah. You got lost a little. I did. <laughs> you grew up here. No, I grew up here, but they dropped me off on the one street, and then I went to go look for coffee, and I showed up to 7-Eleven, and all they had was these pots, and I was like, I don't, for coffee, and I just was like, yeah, that's a little Nah, you want a little, little styrofoam yeah, coffee? I don't know about that. So then I walked back to the wrong street, but you found me. I found you. We got some... But it was weird. There was two gas stations. I thought that. You I know were, we were both uh, walking toward the gas like, station. I'm at the 76. You're like, no, no, that's the wrong one. It's like, I mobile or something. But yeah, yeah. whatever. I'm um, psyched to have you in the in the room. In the room. Talking. <laughs> <laughs> so we just worked together on a movie called Disturbing the Peace. We did. Uh, directed by York Shackleton, starring. It's almost as the same size of our sh- our trailer we uh, shared. Oh yeah, <laughs> with uh, but we had four other people on the way. Four people in a trailer. Four cool. people in a half, not like a full trailer. No, two bigger, like a, yeah. Yeah, in a half trailer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that got that got nice in the, the hot Kentucky summer. Humid Kentucky. Humid yeah. Kentucky summer. But that was fun. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so yeah, York Shackleton directed that. True. Which you've worked with I think that's twice. my fourth. It's your fourth film with him? Yeah, I, I met him in, uh, it was around like 2005 or 2006. I was... Just wrapping up Jag, I think, or I just wrapped Jag, and then a producer friend of mine was like, "Oh, you gotta come in on this movie. Would you want to do something like this?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. I, you know, I just want to. It's a good script and stuff like that." So I met York. He liked me for the part. It was a very, was that very small part. That was Kush. Okay. I did like two or three scenes, and then we just like had this like bond. We're like, "Oh my god, we gotta work together forever." And he's like, "Dude, we have to do stuff uh, forever." And uh, he started like moving up, and I was doing other stuff, and then we did. It wasn't a while; it was a while after that because I quit acting for like, like something like five or seven years. Okay, you did. Because I was it was two projects. I was, I was really close on a big film, um, and it came down to, like screen tests and all stuff, and I, I lost that one. And I was I went to network on a TV show. And it was between me and another guy, and I lost that, so I got really upset and depressed about it. So I was like, like screw this shit. And yeah. I quit for a while. I got into nightlife. Uh, but then I was like, I have to do this. So I got back into it and reached out to York. And at the time, he was writing a thing called Pretty Perfect. And uh, I came in and was like the co... Is that thing I saw online? You in the office? Are you in an office they with that? You're like kind of walking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Like I watched a psychological thriller. So yeah. we, we shot that all in LA, low okay. budget. And then he had actually written me a movie to play a lead or maybe a lead of this movie called 211 which okay. was based on the North Hollywood shootout that happened here in I think it was like 90 somewhere between 95 and 97 the famous one where the, the guys are all yeah, the armored up armored guys yeah. go into the North Hollywood bank and, and, and since then the police now like 
ch changed everything. Yeah, because right? they didn't carry. I don't think they carried automatic weapons, and I don't think they carried armored piercing bullets. But after that incident, they did. Yeah, I remember that. It was crazy. Uh, so he based the original script on that. And then uh, his manager got it around, and studios started looking at it, and um, a company picked it up, and it got to Nick Cage. And then Nick's like, I want to do this. Uh, you know, changed the lead role a little bit, and the story got changed a little bit. And then uh, they cast me as one of the uh, ex um military guys that go in and take down this bank. So okay, that was cool. Awesome. We shot in Bulgaria. Uh, we were out there for a total of six weeks on and off. So That's awesome. That was, and your character's name in that is Hyde? Hyde. Is yeah. that uh, because... I, I'm sure, like, I mean, well, like, York wrote it, and he put in Hyde, and when we were going through characters, like, so, you know, what do we? What do you think you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, Hyde's pretty cool, because yeah. Hyde, and the club that I partner as Hyde, and then... Um, it's a cool name. I don't. I've yeah, never met cool someone name. really named Hyde. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Hyde has a lot of cool things in the film that are kind of separate from the other guys that are on their own. The, the three other guys are kind of always together. Where Hyde, uh, there's a scene where Nick pulls me over, so I have a scene just with him, and it's kind of like some foreshadowing stuff. And uh, then I have separate things where, because um, uh, I'm the driver of the car, and the yeah. shootout begins with me and Nick, and uh, there was a lot of cool stuff. So. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's funny. Was first time in Bulgaria. Yeah. Long flight. Uh, interesting place. Like, had a great time, and everyone was awesome, and, and um, it was fun. I'd never shot in a foreign country before, so that was cool. That's fun, right? Yeah, the whole experience. Everything yeah. was great. Um, different kind of crew, like, different rules. Just, like, you know, everyone smokes out there, by the way, too. Yeah. So, when you're, like, in your hotel, you smoke. It's like Vegas. You can smoke everywhere. In the restaurant... Breakfast, lunch, dinner, yeah, people just smoking. They're like two-year-old kids are just sitting there smoking. They, they, have, they have bigger worries than lung cancer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and on set, it's just every yeah. single person smokes. So it was, it was interesting. And we shot such in crazy different seasons, too. We were out there in April, June, and December. So oh, Crazy. That was the reshoot you went like, back. Yeah. So one time it was like, uh, you know, like kind of cool and then the next time it was like hot as shit and then one another time it's snowing so it was it you was, really saw Bulgaria, saw Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah, yeah you saw, saw Bulgaria. the seasons it's also crazy on on the studio there's just there's stray dogs everywhere so literally there's like there's like 10 dogs when I was there that were like on the lot and by the way this is one of the biggest back lots I've ever seen in my life it was crazy like you could drive you know New York Street here on the Paramount the Universal lots like you know a street and it has a turn and that's yeah. about it Whereas over there, it's like street after street after facade after facade. It was huge. They have like five, six, seven uh, huge Rome sets. Uh, they had a London's uh, back lot. They had oh, wow. New York streets. They had uh, like a Mexican area. They had like a, um, a like a foreign. They had all different shit. That's crazy. That was crazy. That's it's interesting with the dog thing because when I shot in uh, Bucharest, Romania, there was so many stray dogs, and they were oh, telling yeah. us that there used to be these packs of wild dogs that they um, they actually the, the police went out and started actually having to kill dogs because the packs of wild dogs were killing killed a couple kids. Right. It's like so these things are all pretty yeah. friendly. I didn't really want to get. Too, I love animals too, but you yeah. don't know what these things carry, yeah, these even different. though they're tagged and stuff like that. But they do know where to go. Like during like lunch. When you break for lunch, they're they're there and they're oh, all they're around there, yeah, just waiting sure. for people to start feeding them. And the people feed them. Yeah. And there's all these dogs, little tags and stuff like that, and they look cute, but yeah, you know, you don't know. Yeah. Filming in because yeah. filming in Eastern Europe is fun. 
I, I remember one of the main things was I'd go out for dinner in Romania and you get like a huge dinner and you get like and a couple costs, beers. Like yeah, and it's like the bill's like six dollars. Yeah, US. yeah. When I was there, I think it was uh, it was Leva, yeah. Um, and you'd go out and it'd be like you get this huge meal and a glass of wine, stuff like that, and it'd be like something like ten Leva, which was five US. Yeah, and, like, and if you really wanted to like. I mean, thirty American dollars would get you whatever you wanted. Yeah. In certain places, but at the <laughs> yeah. hotel, it was really expensive. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, hotels are. <clears throat> yeah, in the hotel, it was they inflated everything. Yeah, I remember when uh, when we were shooting in Kentucky, we were using um, you know, we weren't using blanks right in the right. guns, but you were no. saying uh, at two eleven you oh, shot yeah. full thousands blanks. and thousands and thousands of blanks. It was like one of the coolest things ever because I'd never really fired a gun on film, and I went from like. You know, not firing any guns on film to have, having like automatic weapons and like, you know, busting down cop cars and shooting out windows. It's getting hot. Out. You're really firing. Oh, yeah, effect, you're firing. So. It's a it's a real gun. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you're, you're sitting there shooting, and what's crazy is like, so the scene when Nick pulls up on me, I get out of the car, I put a mask on, I come out to the corner, I just start unloading on him, and uh, as he's reversing. He hits another car, crashes in the medium, and then we get into a gunfight as I start to uh, advance on him. He's going at me, and, and what's one of the coolest things, as I'm firing on this one shot, they had the car set up with all the squibs and it's going to explode. So they're like, yeah. well, you're shooting, you know, arch your arm like this and go back like that. And, uh, and Bullish is like, duh, duh, and, went back, <laughs> like, and it looks, it looks re- yeah. feels real as shit. Because like you're really doing that. I did have one shell hit me in the eye. That, that was uh, the only time I was like, whoa, this is... Because you, you didn't have any glasses on. No right? glasses. I just had a mask on. Okay. With the eyes open. Okay, yeah, I've seen it with like a ski mask. But um, it was so fun. We did training out there, um, how to walk, how to shoot, where your arms are, how to advance, all this kind of stuff. So it was, it was fun, like learning all that and then firing the gun was insane. Yeah, that's awesome. It's like a kid's dream. Oh yeah, and then the <laughs> squibs too. Like I'd never really done any squib work, so you know, had uh, first is my knee gets blown out. Then uh, I run to the side, take cover, and I come around the corner and again. I start to advance, and then my shoulder gets blown out, and then my fingers get blown off. Okay. And the funny thing about it is, like, we're, again, we're in a foreign country, so I'm a little nervous. I'm like, you guys know what you're doing, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, we got it. Like, okay, and the guy that's, that's putting the squibs on my fingers is missing his pink. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, like, man. you're the guy that does this shit. Like, well, uh, he's like usually good. He's like it's, it's just, yeah. this was different. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. like, you you value life so, like I uh, do, right? Yeah, they they did that, and I had one of the head, which is again you don't until you've done something you don't know what's gonna do. No. So you're like nervous and you don't feel anything. But talking about squibs, when we were in Kentucky, yeah, you got squibbed up. Tarantino. That was the Tarantino. This shit. And that guy's like, oh, this guy. That guy loves his job. Yeah. What was his name? Ricky. Rick? Yeah. R- yeah. Ricky. Ricky. Yeah, he we was called him Ricky key. Boom. Well, at least I try. He knew his shit. I know, but uh, but he was getting jazzed up, strapping you so up with that. He's like, "This is the biggest one, man." <laughs> and you're like, "He's oh, like, this is the biggest you can put on a person." I'm yeah. like, I'm, oh, "I was man. so nervous because that thing was like the size of a parachute on my chest." Yeah, and then they had one on my back. At the same time, we're doing that. There's like the the thing where they want me to do kind of the stunt where I when I get hit, I kind of jump up and they pull me back on the rope, and then I fall down the street, which was I'm doing two things at once, and then Ricky's like. It's gonna hurt a little. And I never <laughs> yeah. heard it because on the other one they're like, "Oh, you won't feel anything. Like you'll, you'll hear a little pop." It doesn't. And I didn't. On this one, he's like, yeah, you "It's gonna it, hit." Right? And I was like, "Okay." 
all right, cool. And that motherfucker hurt. It actually felt like he told me someone's going to hit you, like someone's hitting you as hard as they can in the chest. And that's what it felt like. Yeah. And I got pulled back. And I remember just waiting for the cut so that I could like rip off the shirt and see. Get the shit off. Like if it was like, because you can't tell. You felt the hit, but I wasn't like sure. And your adrenaline's pumping. Oh, yeah, so it's yeah, like hard to really yeah, know. Yeah, that, that was... That's fun because I mean, there wasn't there wasn't uh, room for many takes, you know. So no. like when I got squibbed up, it was like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna and they're like uh, and get it on the first one. Right. And you're yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to pumping. reset everything. You got to reset your wardrobe. You got to reset the. Room. We shot the whole movie in three weeks. Yeah. So. That was crazy. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Horse Cave, Kentucky. Horse Cave, Kentucky. Mazatlan, though. Yeah. There was a there was a Mexican restaurant that was the only place in town that served alcohol. The only only place in that town. Well, I guess the cavern is not is a different town. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, there was there yeah. was the Mazatlan, which is this Mexican restaurant, which wasn't bad. It was no, like, it was, it was actually bad. all right. And they they serve alcohol till about ten o'clock, and then they close. Yeah. And then I remember the margaritas. Remember the margaritas that was just yeah, like huge. Bare, it was this huge cup, so like sweet. a bowl, but it was so sweet. It's probably like, you know, at least a liter of just margarita mix that was. Ranted. It's so interesting. But, uh, the place that makes uh, whiskey, they have like all these yeah. dry counties. Yeah, all these dry counties. So yeah. you had to. Well, it's funny when I first got there, and you were we were both at the the Muslim, I, I met you. At well, the I know Muslim. we met yeah. in Muslim, but we were staying at the Holiday Inn Express. Yeah. But you had a car. I didn't have a car, and the Holiday Inn Express was like ten minutes away from the other town where the restaurants were and the Cracker Barrel. And the only way to even walk to a subway was across a freeway. Across a interstate. freeway, you could walk to the. The gas station that had a subway, and it had something else like a, I thought it was a McDonald's just or something like that, and then um, yeah, maybe McDonald's. And then I'll, I'll, I'm walking through, just looking at stuff, and I'm like, uh, and I hear, uh, you know, uh, Joe, whatever, uh, room two two, uh, one, your shower is available. Oh I was yeah, like, holy shit, because all the truckers going in, they had shower rooms. I'd never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, it was, was a huge was truck so, stop. But then we moved over. It was fun. We moved over to the Super 8. Yeah, that was great. It was way better. It was way better. Yeah, it was like a... It was like, like, it was like, it was like camp. Yeah, it was like camp. It was like, it was camp. like an adult yeah. like summer camp. Guy Pierce was staying right with us there. Guy Pierce, super cool. Yeah. Super chill. Kept his door open. Planning his, his guitar. Open. No, yeah. It's Too chill. Cool. It was really cool. It's gotta be something in there. All the Hawaiians Australian barbecuing. Water. Yeah. That was fun, huh? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It's always interesting getting off a movie. And then, like, trying to refigure out oh, what your life is again. What's really, it's just like, it's, you know, when you first enter a film, especially like shooting in a different state or even different country, it's like you're kind of there full time. So you're like yeah. really in it in the sense that, like, you know, if you're shooting in LA, you come back, you're at your own house, you, got your whatever, own life going, you have yeah. days off, this night, you're not all together. But when you shoot somewhere else, a different location, then it's like you're all like a family together. Yeah. So you kind of get like this comfortability but like it's fun you're excited you're like oh and you're shooting every day and you're sh- it doesn't matter you're waking up at five in the morning you're on set by six you're doing all this stuff and then when it winds down i remember always thinking like oh there's five days left and then oh shit, there's two days yeah. left and then it's like the last day and i end up staying longer you did yeah you went to nashville yeah because york had like one more day i think of filming kind of like pickup stuff and he did that and then you were just doing like b-roll right like kind of you like, do no, like that. I think he had one more day, maybe. maybe I, I don't remember now, but we, yeah, we went down to Nashville. Now, that was kind of shitty because we're the, that first night because we drive down 
when we get in his truck, we pack everything up. We're like, all right, we're going to do Nashville. None of us have been to Nashville. So we're like, all right, <laughs> none of us, just us two. But we're like, let's go do this. So we get down there around like, I think seven, yeah, seven o'clock. And we're just like, let's drive up to the, like, to the, let's find the coolest hotel. And we're going to stay there. We're going to have fun. We're going to go out. And I have a, a girlfriend of mine that's there who lives in Nashville, a singer. And she's like, oh, we'll have dinner and I'll show you around. I'm like, cool. And I've never been there and heard all these stories how yeah. cool it is. So we drive down and uh, we go to this hotel and we got out and we walk up. We're like, yeah, we need two rooms. And they're like, oh, <laughs> have fun with that one. There's a there's like a Chetney concert and a Tomato Fest and like Kelly Clarkson. And there was like five, like five huge country singers and a Tomato Fest. And they're like, everything's booked. We're like, come on, what do you mean? Oh, like, they're like, no, no, no. And like even hotels are calling out those hotels for us. like, I'm sorry. So we start driving around. Now we're like, wait a minute, what the hell are we going to do? And we found this really cool one called like the station. Uh, it was a really nice hotel, but they were like, look, we don't have anything tonight. Tomorrow we do. And we're like, okay, well book us for tomorrow, but we're driving around, driving around. And I had this one girl over to my waiting at this like steak restaurant. She's like, oh, it's the best steak. You got to come here. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, meet me there at, you know, eight. And then I'm like, oh, we're still driving around. She's waiting. You don't want to like try to find a room at midnight. We were trying that. to find yeah. We had to drive out. I'm on my phone. He's trying to find hotels. She's sitting there like trying to help out find rooms for us. We literally drove and we're going to like super eights now, 20 minutes out of town, 30 minutes out of town. All fully booked. booked. <laughs> fully booked. To the point we were like, we were 45 minutes out of town. And again, looking at Holiday Inns and all booked. And she found a room at this one place that was 20, 25 minutes back. And we got really lucky. We called the room up. The guy like upped the price. It should have been like a fucking like. Forty-five, fifty-dollar room. The guy's like, "It's one hundred and fifty. We're like, "I don't care. Just we'll take yeah. it." And it was at a, like a shitty, fucking weird, crazy place in the middle of nowhere, in like a ghetto. Like not in, Nash- like not Nashville. Like in the ghetto. Yeah. And uh, we go back, and then I Ubered into town, went up with my friend, and we had dinner, and went out. By the time I got there, it was like ten thirty or something like that, or eleven. But yeah, and went out for a little bit, and and then the next night we ended up staying at the the station hotel, which is like so beautiful and cool it's and like old in historic and proper yeah, Nashville. And then, um, and my boy, like Gavin DeGraw is a good friend of mine. He has a bar out there. I think it's called Nashville Underground. Um, it was very interesting to see all the bars that were completely different than here, which I knew it would be, but... All country themed? It's all, yeah, pretty, all, yeah, country theme, like whiskeys, uh, you know, you, they're all like three levels. Yeah. Going down the main street there. So the bottom level, there's always someone playing. There's always a band or something going on and the locals. And then the second level is usually another band or something like that. And the third level is like their club part, which they have like DJs and, and it, but also it's, there's like no air conditioning. Yeah. It's just hot as shit. You're just sweating the whole time. And that adds like the cowboy vibe. Yes. Especially me ordering, you know, I like my Chardonnay and they're like, you want what? It's Chardonnay. <laughs> Chardonnay. I, I remember when you tried to order a Chardonnay. I ordered a Chardonnay for you because I got to the bar in, uh, at the uh, tavern. And I ordered it. I was like, and a Chardonnay. And the guy next to me was like, Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Do you remember yeah, that? About to pick a fight. At the tavern, they had that fridge. They had a, like, a real yeah. old school white fridge. Yeah. You open it up. And the Chardonnays were in those little bottles. Like little hotel bottles. Little hotel bottles. And then they ran out of Chardonnay because they only carried like five. But they had 50 of that sweet like Moscot, Moscati or whatever like it the was. Gir- like, that why German, do you like, have what? this? Yeah. Why do you have like 50 of those that no one drinks but you have like... Five Chardonnay bottles. Well, those, those Chardonnays probably lasted them like 10 years until you came. Exactly. <laughs> that was... That was a crazy bar. 
the, the, the karaoke night there. See, I, I never went to the karaoke. Oh, I did karaoke night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went in karaoke. I, 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 I turned in early that night. Oh, no, this was, I went in karaoke night at the end when we were totally wrapped and you were already gone. Oh, okay. This was like the last night there. And uh, it's literally just some stupid little machine that they have set up. Um, it's not like a legit thing, but it's fun. Yeah. You're singing <laughs> and watching these like old school locals get up there and they can barely and they, they have like, a, they do it like every week. The oh, locals yeah. that do it. Oh, they love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun, it's a, that's a fun experience about shooting in a place like Horse Cave because you would never ever never be there go no. there but now you get I to do go kind of miss I, that i didn't do and i was kind of stupid i should have found a way to do it was i never went down into the cave yeah and then from some of the people out there that i met following them on instagram um one of the girls was like going through the cave and i'm like oh my god i didn't realize it was like that dope yeah it's actually it was, it was i went to it's, it's the biggest it's, it's the biggest cave in the world so i should have well, done that i didn't do that if we ever go back to horse cave, <laughs> yeah you gotta do the cave i uh, gotta do the cave yeah. but also what was funny is you know because we were was, you know, you and I like to work out, and Devin likes to work out, and Michael would do his cardio. The other Michael and uh, <laughs> he like that workout? shout out. I was, yeah, uh, we, he's doing some secret uh, uh, weightlifting. We just don't know about. Yeah, it's bullshit. This guy. <laughs> Let's talk this, about this, him. This, this guy is like rip, was like ripped, like not necessarily the hugest guy in the world, but ripped, and claims to not have lifted weights in like years. And we'd go to the gym, he'd do like an hour, an hour and a half on a bike. And he's, he's had to have secretly been lifting. He's yeah, like, no, I'm just lifting, yeah. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. But yeah, so we found this gym that was like 30 minutes away. So we'd all Glasgow. drive like through that in Glasgow. We'd drive out 30 minutes, we'd all work out there, and then like go, what was the Tobinaki place? I only, so, I only knew it as the Tobinaki place. Gunshaw? So, oh, Shogun? Shogun. Shogun. Oh, and then yeah, yeah, definitely get a steak or get my steak. Yeah. It's like a Benny, it's like a Benihana. It's like a Benihana. We there. ate sushi there once. I think that was a mistake. A yeah, that was I, that was a bad. Yeah, that was not a good idea. That was not a good idea. I think it's no one got sick. It just didn't look right, and I don't know. Just, yeah, but yeah. we did that, and then what was the other town we went to? Uh, Bowling Green. Bowling Green. Yeah. Yeah. Bowling yeah so Green. we didn't have any options for restaurants out there, so we had to drive thirty minutes out, or the other one was what an hour, almost an hour, forty-five hour. Yeah. The other, the ripped guy who only does cardio would go there like every night. Yeah. Maybe that's what he Michael, was doing when you go there. Michael would drive out every single night. He's like, I can't go to Mazatlan again. I can't yeah. do it. We're not Mazatlaning <laughs> it. And uh, he would drive. So I went a bunch of times with him. But uh, the funny thing I was going to say is, so, you know, we found this gym out there that was like 30 minutes. And we do that. But when, I was the only one that ran. Remember when I made you go on a run with me? Yeah, yeah. I was injured for like three days. So I made him go on a run with me. And he couldn't walk after that for like days. He's like, I'm Well, usually don't run. And if I do, it's on a treadmill. So anyways, I was running out there to the point where the town, it's such a small town that they like started to be like, there's that guy, that actor. Remember that like Letitia would say, they're all talking about you. They're like, <laughs> talking about I had it. this weird look too. I had you're, this like, you're going shirtless. I shirtless and the mohawk. And I remember York was like, this isn't West Hollywood. Yeah, no. You put gonna a get, shirt on. Someone's going to kidnap you. Yeah. But what was funny was, is that nobody runs out there to the point that I had a, a, a family pull over in a car and ask if I needed help when I was running. <laughs> they literally pulled over like, are you good? You need help? You need something? Like, you're like, it's on a jog, man. <laughs> That's yeah, insane. I, I do miss it out there. It's weird. Yeah, I when you're out there, like, you miss all the little stupid shit. You know, I, I do miss, like, you know, waking up at 5 in the morning and getting to set and getting your coffee and uh, and, and hanging out with everyone and getting, you know, start to shoot. And that oh, was cool. Yeah, that's good. Where did you, so where did you shoot Jag? Jag was shot in Valencia up by Magic Mountain. That's where our sets were on that one, yeah. 
So like they had like an aircraft carrier set. Yeah, we before we used to have. If I remember, we had some on Paramount. We were on Paramount for a while. That's right. We were on Paramount in the beginning, and then they moved us up to Valencia. More sets is cheaper, um, but yeah, they had a full. We had like a literally a full length, um, like aircraft under underneath of an aircraft carrier on a set. It went That's from one awesome. to the other, and it was the sickest thing ever. And it was like three levels. That's sick. That was cool. How old were you when you when you first got on the show? <coughs> I started when I was 14, and then... You were 14 the first time on that show? Like, you were on, like, some raft, right? Like, yeah, the first yeah. episode? So I was, like, I was in the first episode. I was, yeah. like, a little Italian kid. And then, like, a couple seasons later, or I don't know how far into but they... Um, there was a guy named Bud on it, which was Patrick Laberto, and I, I came in as his younger brother. Mikey Roberts. Mikey Roberts. And then was a civilian in the show for about half of the length of the run, and then my character enters um, the Navy and then the rest of it I'm in, in the Navy. So really cool. how old were you when uh, you were on 29 episodes? Yeah. So that's, 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 a, that's a good yeah. amount of episodes. That was dope. Yeah. But how old were you when that when you uh, that show ended? or when you Like 24, 25. Okay. So yeah, it was a 10-year run. That's pretty cool. It was cool. That was that's a weird, you know you're talking about like leaving a set. Yeah, like that's like you go ten shoot, years you know, or something. Yeah, when you go shoot like a movie in you know wherever and you do three weeks or two months whatever it is and it ends you're you're upset you know there's this kind of like feeling like oh I really missed that and that it is a weird feeling. Yeah. Because and it happens. I've talked to a lot of actors. A lot of them say that that happens to them and also, um, I'm saying I experienced it. You you leave and you get back home and you kind of feel weird. You're just like. Yeah, I was just like waking up every day and filming. He had and such purpose. Doing my art and like hanging yeah. out with everyone and meeting all these cool people and and it's like a camp with family and then it ends. But yeah, doing a show for that many years and then realizing it's ending and that ends—that is the weirdest yeah. thing because it's like graduating from high school and like yeah. never gonna see these guys. Yeah, because you're used to like you used to that drive all yeah. the way up to Valencia. You used to come back. You used to the same costume, <clears throat> wardrobe, people, the uniform you put on. You know. You know, this guy's playing my brother. I'm playing his brother for yeah. like eight years. You know, it's always, it's a, it was weird. It's weird that yeah. we're never going back to that. But yeah. Do you know that you online, you have a where are they now page image? No. It shows a picture of you from, no, it shows a picture of you from Jag. And then it shows a picture of you with this like Ashton Kutcher bent, bent, uh, oh bill hat. Well, that's not where I am now. <laughs> no, that's not that's where I was, I was like 10 years ago. Yeah. So. And it might've come out a little bit ago, but. Oh my God. Yeah. Funny. I used to wear. I had a weird, crazy look. When I started going out in nightlife, I wore like very like tailored uh, dress pants, uh, a button-up shirt, a um, like a suit coat. But I wore these suit coats that were like with like images on the back or like a skull or something stupid and retarded, and uh, a trucker hat, usually to the side. It's like 2005. And, yeah, it's like a little yeah. before and flip flops. Yeah, and it was and flip flops. Flip flops. So, I used to I used to hate socks and shoes, like I fucking hated it, and I just couldn't stand it. So I started going out in flip flops. So that was my look. I mean, if you guys go, you'll find it online somewhere. Like I don't know if you see the flip flops, but yeah, everywhere I used to wear flip flops, <laughs> like a suit with some shitty stuff on the coat, a trucker hat, and flip flops. So I started going out, and the doors, these like bouncers are like, you know, you can't come in. I was like, what do you yeah, mean? He's, like, he's like, you're wearing an open-toed shoe. And I'd be like, open-toed. Well, and then a girl would walk by yeah. with her open-toed shoe. I'm like, well, she's wearing an open-toed shoe. Yeah. And then the guy was like, you're fucking kind of right about that. So I started getting in, but then I started getting known in the club scene, going out. And then 
knew everyone and was going everywhere and they used to call me like flip flop. You were called flip flop? Flip I mean still people this day like once in a blue moon someone from like the past was like, yo flip flop I'm like, How the fuck do you remember that? I haven't that done that in so long. Funny. I don't even wear flip flops anymore, even in the summer. So that was my shitty ass dumb look. It was the weirdest fucking look. I don't know why I did that, but well, you're into you're into kind of interesting looks. I have been, right because now, now you, you got the you got the the shorts and a in a sport coat. Yeah, I do this. Yeah, yeah the I shorts. Hate, so now back then it was I hated socks. Now I I don't I hate pants. I, wear, <laughs> I hate pants. I wear shorts like even That's if it's so clutch, I really Yeah, like I know. Shorts. I've never seen you in pants. No. Well, you gotta come out one night and I'm wearing pants. But yeah, I wear shorts everywhere. If I could wear shorts all the time, I would. I just really like shorts. That's so even funny. well in Kentucky it worked because it was so humid. Yeah, it was hot, so like, humid. Yeah, I will wear now. I, yeah, I guess I do have a weird look. I I wear um, shorts and a polo shirt, and at night I'll wear shorts, a polo shirt, and a suit coat. And uh, right now we we've been doing our hair. Well, you're growing your hair out, and I'm doing. The, well, I'm growing my hair out too because you had like a military. Cut. I it was it was super short. They you cut they, short. they cut my hair four times in Kentucky over three weeks just they to keep cut, it. I think they cut mine once or twice on that. So before this, my look. Uh, from the last couple of films I did was I had like not long hair but longer hair uh, about like I don't know as high as my fist maybe and then um, uh, my hand and then I had a big beard so when we get to Kentucky York's like alright I want I want Pyro to have some crazy look yeah he's like we gotta cut that fucking beard off too I was like okay so they decided to shave the side of my head and then I had like a huge mohawk thing, which was cool. It was a cool look. And then they sh- we we came up with this, uh, like the mustache. I don't what is it? I don't know if this is a handlebar. I don't it's a handlebar mustache. Like a handlebar. It's so definitely it started, huge goes handlebar. all the way down. So we did that. But you still have right now. I still have yeah, right yeah. Because <laughs> I can't get rid of it. It's because it's like I miss the beard, but now I have this. And once this goes, it has to go for the yeah, next. Yeah, you gotta film. you gotta look I normal. Mean, I have I was gonna look normal. I have something yeah. to like tug on right now and yeah. all of them. People do look at me weird, but um, it's. Uh, it, well, it has to come off for the next one. So, anyways, I'm in this weird phase now because I'm wearing like, not cowboy hats. I don't know what fucking call these, but I'm wearing these like old school hats right now because I'm now growing my hair out the side of my hair for the next film, and then I had to cut down the top a little bit. But now it's in a weird stage because they shaved it so high originally that it's just a weird shape. What is that? That's like a 1940s New York yeah, hat. Like it's kind of like a little... you're wearing like a suit and you have like yeah, and then so, had a hat. So now my look is this shorts. Uh, polo shirt, um, suit coat, <laughs> crazy mustache, and this hat. Everyone's saying like Indy, you look like Indiana Jones with a mustache. Or oh no, they're talking. Oh oh, the one I'm getting all the time is uh, I will drink your milkshake and I will drink. You know that. Uh, yeah. Daniel Day Lewis in uh, There Will Be Blood. That is funny. That's my look right now. Daniel Day Lewis with shorts on. <laughs> well, there's something too standing out. Yeah. And they're like you know, not just wearing what everyone else is wearing. I don't care. I don't do it to like. It's just, just like it makes me comfortable. I like yeah. it. I have a lot of people come to me like, your look is dope, man. Like people come to me, your look is sick. I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Like, um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's yours. It is original. It is original. Yeah. No one else, you're not going to bump into another me. A short wearing bowler uh, hat. Sort of, well, the, like with, a said, this, with a Rolex. With a Rolex. Yeah. With a Rolex. The mustache is coming off. Is soon. that the same Rolex that the uh, Tom Selleck wore in Magnum P.I.? No, it can't. I mean, it's I don't same, it's, what, so I'm sure it's just. Is he wearing, yeah, he had the. You ever, you, ever, you ever ride in that Ferrari? Yeah, I mean, actually, 
in Magnum, my dad, they gave him like a free Ferrari. As I remember, they gave him like a free Ferrari every year. So he had that oh, same man. Ferrari. Like, because he probably did a lot for the brand of Ferrari. I mean, did. everyone wanted I, that Ferrari. From what I have been told is that, you know, before that show, Ferrari was kind of thought of as like a very, very high end luxury, you can't get this car or whatever type of thing. And then when they used it in Magnum and it came out, from what I know, is Ferrari sales like. Oh, I bet lock. everyone would want that car. Would, he was the coolest like, guy in the world. I don't care. I have to like, I'll save up for it. I'm getting yeah. the Ferrari. I want one of those so bad right now. Yeah. That that actual model. Yeah, that GT. What is it? A 356 GT something. 360 or 280. I don't. I, I think it changed because they were from the late. I think they went through a couple models. But the thing is, is that if that car, like, if you get that car now, no matter what, if it breaks, it's like 10 to 15 grand to fix the yeah. small shit. So. Because I was looking that car up online to buy, and it's like I think you can get one for like sixty k. Yeah, you can get it for like sixty. But it's yeah, you're gonna pay so much as it starts kind of breaking. So you started off mostly doing TV, and now you're doing all uh, feature films. Yeah, I did. Was well, that like a, was that a conscious decision or no? No, it was I was doing Jag, and then at Quantum Leap. Um, yeah, I did Quantum before that, and and then um, like I said, I was close on some things and quit, and then I got back into it, and then worked with York again. And then kind of got on this kind of movie train thing, like like you, where you're just kind of meeting people. It's interesting. You go out and you do a film, and then that company, you know, ends up really liking you that you work with. They're like, oh, you know, we got to do this other thing. And then you do another film for them. Yeah. And then on that film, you meet, you meet other someone people that is doing other stuff. Has yeah. another company, and they like you, and they're like, oh, we have this project coming out. We do that. Um, even like this young kid I'm working with right now, Isaac. Um, Isaac, yeah. He. Uh, Shout him out. What's his name? Isaac Medeiros. Yeah. Okay, nice. 23 years old. Yeah. From Alaska. Um, so there's this restaurant we love out here in LA called Dantan's. It's like old school. Uh, it's got a lot of history to it. So, you know, I was going there and he was going there. And we didn't know each other, but we saw each other all the time. And finally one day I spoke to him, like, yo, I didn't see you like all the time here. Like, what's your deal? Like, who are you? And he's like this young hippie-looking kid. Everyone calls him Jesus because his hair is like that down here, yeah, his, his, like chest. And um, he's like, uh, "Yeah, I'm a filmmaker, man. I was like, I, I make, you know, I, I write and direct films." I was like, "Oh," he's like, "What about you?" I'm like, "Well, I'm an actor." He's like, "Cool." And I was telling him at the time I was shooting the Nick Cage movie. Okay. I was in between um, because we had to come back. I was going back to Bulgaria, and we're talking about that. He's like, "Oh man, it's so cool, fucking Nick Cage." I was like, "Let me see him." <clears throat> Let me see some of your stuff. I mean, stuff. He takes out his phone, and he shows me a trailer from a movie he did called Trapper Twins. And I was like, "You made this?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "You made this movie?" He's like, this, you know, <laughs> it's a black and white. It was like such a cool trailer. I'm like, "Okay, dude, we got to work together." Yeah. And at the time, he was writing the one that we're. Oh no, we already filmed it. Uh, he was writing this movie called Elvis, um, which is not about Elvis. He's like, you know, man, you'd be the perfect, you'd be the perfect like guy for the lead of this film, Elvis. Um, he's like, I, I've seen your resume. I know you work and stuff like that. He's like, yo, do you mind like coming outside with me? And like, this after like a month of hanging out and meeting up and talking about stuff. Yeah. He was still currently writing Elvis. Um, and I hadn't, he hadn't given out the script yet. He kind of told me the idea, but he wasn't done with it. And he loves Westerns and he's shot a bunch and he had some insert from a Western film. He did. He's like, well, you just read these lines. I'm like, you want me to go just sit outside with you on the phone and read these lines? He's like, yeah. Right outside Dan Tannis? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, all right. So about four lines in, he's like, it's yours, man. You got it. You got it. I was like, fine, let's do this. So we, um, we ended up 
shooting Elvis out in Crestline, and it was like such a crazy, great experience. Again, and this was like very low, low budget, mm-hmm. but that family thing, because they're all out there, so it was a group of us out there for two weeks, all living in an Airbnb together. Where's Crestline? Crestline's like, more, it's up in the uh, mountain, like near, uh, near, um, is it Big Bear? Okay, so yeah. just north. So, we're out there as like a big family, all shoot out there, and like, his mom was there, like cooking for us. Really? And it's cooking for all the cats. Oh, nice. so it was like it's such a cool experience. I'll always remember this. It was really funny. So, from where we were shooting to where our Airbnb was, it was about a forty-plus minute drive. So I had my costume. You know, we're all we all have our costumes at like vintage shops because uh, Elvis takes place in uh, nineteen seventy-nine, and I play a uh, television writer. So. We all get our costumes. It's like one of a kind. They don't have any. There's no yeah, like doubles. It. So we're out there shooting, and we get in the truck, and I hang up my 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 wardrobe in the truck, and then Isaac gets in the truck, and a bunch of us had to scoot in. So he takes my wardrobe from hanging up in the back and puts it in the back of the truck, like the outside part. <clears throat> and we all get in the car. We drive to the Airbnb. We get out. We're unloading all the food and the things and the cameras, and I'm like. Where the fuck's my my uh, my outfit? And he's like, I put it on the back. I'm like, dude, it's not fucking here. And we were already a week. We'd already shot a week, and so this was the second week. We'd already been shooting, and I'm like, where's where's my wardrobe, man? I was like, where'd you put, you put it in the back? He's like, I swear I put it right here. I'm like, well, it blew off. It <laughs> yeah. blew out. And he's like, holy shit, holy, she's freaking out. Luckily, and I had my characters wear these like glasses that usually I put them in the coat. Yeah. But that one time. I put them in the car instead of in the coat. I don't know why, but I did. So I had the glasses, but he and this other guy, Jeff, drove all the way back through the fucking hills. Like looking for and it. Looking it, was, for it was at night? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, yeah, it was close there. tonight. Yeah, it yeah. was like probably like 7 o'clock. And he's driving through. And these are like windy roads and forests. And I'm like, how are they going to even fucking find yeah. this shit? And they drive all the way back. And they're almost, they're about to the end. And they're like, this is, we're screwed. I don't know what we do. We're going to have to call someone in LA to come up and get something that looks similar, I guess. Yeah. But we already shot a week, so I don't know how, you know, this is like, this is fucked. And they found it all the way at the end. When we it was started. like right it was, when you started. It was on the side out. of the road, it just blew off right there. <clears throat> so we got very lucky with that. But um, that was a fun shoot. So anyways, we shoot that, and then he just wrote another film Paper called Paper. Bullet Bullets that's like so exciting, um, playing a director in 1968 in Hollywood and um, it's about this guy John Hawks he's finishing up his ninth film about to go into his tenth film and adapt the script with the writer of the book uh, but we're gonna go write it out on the water and then some crazy shit happens. yeah you've been telling me that it sounds cool yeah no I like uh, Isaac's whole mentality every film that you've told me about that he's done is just like complete from the ground up original it's all like I mean everything he's, I'd like to have him on here yeah yeah we'll talk, bring him on, yeah. we'll bring him on. Uh, he you know, he's very, he loves Quentin Tarantino. He yeah. writes kind of okay, like cool. Quentin and his, he's got crazy characters. He always comes up with like super cool titles. Um, like Bring Me the Head of Trapper Flynn. Um, you know, Elvis is Elvis because it was the name of the dog Okay. in the movie. The, the whole Elvis story is about um, me and my girlfriend. We've been together for like six months now. She's an actress. She's on my TV show. She left this uh, sex toy maker in Australia to come to LA to be an actress. That's how we met. And she, they had a dog for two years and she took the dog with her, named Elvis. <laughs> and this wow. guy is so pissed and angry that she left him when she's with someone else that 
he comes to Los Angeles. Are you the sex toy maker? No, I'm the no no I'm the writer. Uh, I'm the writer. That's the nice guy. Oh, okay. He's the crazy sex toy maker. He comes to uh, um, L.A. Dan O'Reilly is the actor's name, and he comes to L.A. and it's 1979, and he kidnaps um, my girl's younger sister and holds her ransom for the dog. So we have to meet out in the middle of the desert to exchange the dog for the sister. And that's oh, wow. All fucking hell breaks that's great. Us. So that was Elvis. And then Paper Bullets, just, uh, the name will make more sense once you see the film when it's done. We're starting that in about three to four weeks. And, and, and cool. shooting in Dantana's where we're you shooting met in Dantana's, yeah. yeah. We're gonna have, we have a scene in Dantana's, um, and we're actually using a bunch of the real bartenders and stuff like that, and, uh, it's like for the history of it, and um, shooting in some crazy mansions in Beverly Hills, and uh, you know possibly like the pole lounge and all this kind of like old school Classic. stuff that looks that still looks the same. Yeah. And, and then the other rest of it's out on the water in a boat. That's awesome. Off the coast of Catalina, right? So it's cool. It's gonna be cool. Yeah, can't I'm wait. For, I'm excited for you to start that can't one. Can't wait. Though. Yeah, nineteen period pieces are always fun. Always fun. He doesn't. He doesn't want to make anything current. I'm like, we should make something current. He's like, nah. Why? No, no, I don't want to do current. He's like, no, let's do. He's like, Scorsese doesn't do current. Everything's day. I'm like, okay, guys. Yeah. Um, there is something. It's 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 a complete leap from reality. Really, everyone gets involved and in, on board of yeah. something, making something that is just, you know. It's fun to do period pieces, especially because you know you get these crazy costumes. Yeah. And depending on accents and look and hair and. And, um, it's like time travel. Yeah, and then you know, yeah. especially when you get the good budgets, all the cars and the houses, everything. And everything yeah, different. What's funny is that if I show people the photo I took for um, uh, disturbing the peace, uh, when I show the pyro photo of me with the goggles, they, it, they think like it looks like I'm shooting steampunk a, or something. Yeah, no, like uh, like Mad Max type. Oh, shit. okay. Yeah, it does. Look, it, so I saw the trailer for disturbing yeah. the peace. You're all over that thing. Yeah. It looks like it's your movie. I don't, yeah, <laughs> except I don't say anything on the trailer. Yeah. I'm just blowing up shit. That was the most blowing up shit I've ever done. I yeah. get, I get the big fucking shootout, with the, you know that. Yeah. And then, blowing the doors off. The armored truck. The armored truck. And then setting up the bomb at the church, but not the blue there. Or maybe it did. Right? Maybe it does. We don't know. Um, cutting the electrical box. Uh, cutting the electrical. That box. was cool. That was cool. Um, and then oh, the big fire. The, blow, the door that blows out. Yeah. That scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Even cool. though I wasn't the one, the stunt guy going backwards, but I'm the one next to him. And I'd never done a huge blowout with a fireball like that. They're like, yeah, I can curve around. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I just <laughs> don't. Most likely you're going to be okay. to get burned off. Yeah. But that was crazy fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So did you always want to be an actor? Yeah, forever. Like, always wanted to do it. And since I was a little kid, my dad actually put me in something when I was two years old. And I kind of vaguely remember it. Um, it was Tales of the Golden Monkey, and supposedly, I was two or three, and I supposedly had lines, but I didn't know them, and so it was just this guy named Jeff McKay, who's an actor, um, and I ended up, it's, it was at the Universal lot, on the back lot, with the lake, and uh, I just start taking fake fish out of a basket and throwing them in the water and spitting, and then me and Jeff McKay have this scene where we just start spitting at each other. So that's, that's, that's what funny. I say, that's whatever, and I'm in like a little suit. My dad was actually was like holding me, um, but so yeah, it's, I, that's what I always remember. Just always wanted to be. But yeah, you grew up in it. Grew up, and I was always around sets, always around actors, and then um, uh, my little sister Troyan, she has done really well for herself, and she got into it. And Do you have any sibling rivalry with her growing up? No, 
The, how how much younger than she is she? She's like she? five years. Okay. Yeah, she's like thirty-two or thirty-three. You don't you don't take any credit for her wanting to be an actress. <laughs> she actually went to college for it too. So yeah, she, where did she go? USC. Oh, I went to okay. Right, yeah, she went to USC, then graduated, and then did a, a play at the Geffen. Pretty much immediately booked this play right afterward, where she actually met her husband. Oh wow! Um, was Patrick. he an actor in there too? Yeah, he. They did this play together, and now they're married. Do you know what the play was? Equivocation, I think. Okay. Uh, and they're about to have their first kid. Wow! Like, literally in about two weeks. Okay. Is this you're gonna be your first time you're an uncle? No. I have, you already an uncle? Yeah, I have four older brothers and sisters. You have four older brothers and sisters? Well, one older brother, three older sisters. Then there's me. Then my little sister Troy and my little brother Nick. And then I have two step brothers, Sean and Chad. And Sean's on NCIS. He's been okay. On the show for like 12, 13 years or longer. And then my other brother Chad is a producer on NCIS LA. And then my older brother David's a producer on. NCS LA. He might even be on the original one too, but I know he's on LA. And then um, I'm an actor. Troy's an actress. And that's about it on the in the industry. My older sister Julie was a producer on the shows for a while. It's a family business. Troy, yeah. It's the family business. Well, yeah. Troy and I have never. I don't think we've ever worked. worked no, we've never worked together, but we're about to start a project together. I mean. She's about to have a kid, so that's yeah, she's that. But we're gonna develop a TV show together um, that she wants to title "The Natives," and kind of like a kind of about our lives, a little bit loosely based on our lives about two kids growing up in the Hollywood world of being a part of like a Hollywood family, and then wanting to be in the business, and then like uh, we would play brother and sister. And she goes off and like does a show, and then you know at the t- when the show starts, probably like it's like, when this show starts, it'd be her ending her show, which she did. She was on Pretty Little Liars for mm-hmm. seven years, and the show's over now. So kind of like that's where she'll start out with her character, like what happens now, what do we do now, and then my character, who was an actor and then went into nightlife, and it would be about me being in nightlife, which I actually did go into nightlife, is going getting into you know, getting these films and getting stuff rolling. So it's about her high in her career and what happens next about me trying to start it. Okay, so that's cool. Cl- and we call it the natives. We're both from the LA. natives. The natives. natives yeah, because yeah. a lot of people, most people aren't from no. LA. No. We live in LA. Of, no, not a lot of people are from here, but we are from here. I was born and raised. No. Yeah. Well, do you, do you, do you find owning a club? Like, is it a, a distraction? To well, I don't your own it. I'm a partner, partner. there. I'm a business partner. But, um, or do you find it kind of fuels or, because I feel like it's important to have a passion outside of acting a little bit. I don't know. Do you agree? Like, yeah, whether that's in music or, or some s- kind of business. Or, 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 yeah, or, yeah. Um, it's definitely a challenging thing. And nightlife, you know, crazy. Nightlife has changed so much from when I first started going. When I first started out, it was like '99 or 2000 or around 2001, and it was just a different life out here. Like when you walked into a venue, you know, there was very there wasn't a lot of venues. It was limited venues, and mm-hmm. there was no, barely any promoters. But there was a small, three to four small groups of like really high end, you know, nightlife gurus and shit like this. And you'd go in, and once you got known in that circuit, you know, the whatever you want to call it, the A list or the popular shit, you're in that circuit. And when you walked in these places, you like knew like ninety five percent of the room. Like mm-hmm. you knew everyone in the room. Everyone knew each other. So it was like I used to say, I see all my best friends out at night. I just never see them during the day. I see them at night. But I saw them all the time. And now the industry's just changed so much because it's very oversaturated and diluted and there's so many clubs and so many promoters and so much 
there's competition and it's like, you know, the industry has definitely changed. But with Hyde, we've been very successful in the sense that like, uh, you know, we're over four years old and we still maintained, you know, a very family sense there and um, everyone comes back because they love it and, uh, and it's a good place to be, I don't know. You got, you got a spot at the Staples Center now? There's a hide at Staples. It's been there for a while. There's there's hides all over. Uh, SB's making hides. Um, like the brand, hides, like a brand. Hides, yeah, hide yeah. residences and hide hotels and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, hide does really really well. I think it's a really cool brand. And it's a good name and it is a good name. I've actually played the yeah. He played the hide. character. Yeah, yeah it's that cool. and then uh, golf. My dad wanted me to be a professional golfer when I was younger. So he oh, really? like taught from a pro when I was really young. And I was trained, and I got really good. I got some drivers right behind yeah, you. Yeah, I saw them. Yeah, so I'm, I'm selling those. You want to? I grew up on Lakeside Country Club, where he's a member. I won the junior, the first club junior championship there. That was really cool. And then as I was like doing, I, I love golf, so that's my other thing. I got back into it now, but for a while I quit because I just couldn't like take it anymore. I, yeah, there was just a lot of work. And uh, but as a side thing, like I love playing golf. He also said a long time ago, he said, uh, you know, golf's a really good. If you want to be in the industry, you want to be an actor, so that's a really good uh, thing to have. Uh, a lot of uh, industry people play golf, and yeah. that's what they like to talk. And you're sitting with them for four or five hours. Yeah, and it is true. Like, I don't know if I've ever booked a job off of a golf, like a golf match, but I've met a lot of like people in the industry, and you get to know them and stuff like that. That are they love golf and yeah. talk to them. And stuff. Opportunity so, to go oh, be yeah. secluded with them on a course for exactly. four hours. Like, what, what other? Exactly. That's why they say like bit in business too. You know, like learning golf is sure. like an asset. Yeah, golf's fun. I'm not playing as much right now, but it is a. Uh, it's fun when you're doing when you're well at it. Oh you're good. god! But when you're it's not, so... if you're just like hitting like shit, it's or if like your drives are just hooking and you're yeah. just like every hole you're looking for your drive. Yeah, it gets frustrating. Fun. But when you're playing good, it's like the best feeling in the world. When we have a good drive, it's just a great feeling. Yeah, the, dr- the drive is important. My dad and brother are huge golfers, and so I've been kind of like dragged along my whole I life. Tried, when we were in Kentucky, I we tried were going, to find a We were going to play, right? Find a course. We were going to play, yeah. It's all grass there. I know. It looks I like every one course, though. Every place looks like it. a golf course. It's just the fields. Yeah, yeah we didn't find one. We didn't find a course. Yeah. Well, cool, man. This was awesome to have you on and oh, thanks for hear about you. And we'll, uh, we'll have you back on after Disturbing the Peace comes out. Yeah, we'll, we'll do And then maybe you and I will go on out in a. End of this year or next year to film that other project. Yeah, we'll probably another movie. They're fun. Yeah. Keep them going. Keep them going. Yeah, keep them going. That's the thing. You like come off a movie and you're like, I'm like itching like a drug addict. I'm like, I need another, I need another hit. I need another hit. This is the fastest turnaround that I've done from film to film. So I can't wait to get Get on another one. Yeah, I just just can't wait to do this film. So I'm looking forward to that. And then um, hopefully end of this year, next year, we start that other one and we'll keep doing shit. Yeah, they lead to more. Yeah. Well, good stuff, man. All right, cool. All right. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye.